If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Good to be with you. Great to be back in studio. Good to be live. Good to be breathing relatively normally. Good God. Rough stretch, but we're back. I'm Jeff. Tom is here. Director Matthew is here. You're here. We appreciate it. Good to be with you. I appreciate all of you. You know how it is. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. I, I missed you guys. I missed talking. I missed uh, catching up, and it's been a lot to catch up on. By the way, on Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. And if you're in the chat, yes, we're live. Obviously, we are live. So let's get uh, let's get to it. Let's get to it. The Knowles winning. Hey, I want to start there because we actually can do that now. I mean, it's it's starting to get interesting. Florida State goes on the road, tells Miami to suck it yet again. They do an awful lot of that, uh, and Miami has no force, uh, no choice but to uh, oblige, as it's been rough for the Canes. They are not a match for Florida State basketball, typically, and uh, that just continues to go on. If you think about it, Florida State is very comfortable in South Florida. If you're a Florida State fan and you're wrestling with the idea of where it is you want to go to a road game, anytime we play Miami on the road, you should pick that one because we win them. That's what we do. Florida State has won for the um, sixth straight time, sixth straight time in Coral Gables. You would think Miami would show up. I mean, after all, they, they were a Final Four team a year ago, and then they, they couldn't beat Florida State at home that year either. It just doesn't seem to matter. It's our home away from home. No other ACC team has accomplished that since Miami joined the ACC. So. If you're Miami, you're like, we're going to join the ACC and we're going to do a lot of winning of the conference. And, of course, that didn't happen in anything, in any sport, anywhere. They didn't do any of that. 
But then, not only that, you think, well, we'll be good at home at least, and especially against our rival. Nope, don't do that either. Not at all. Nope, Florida State owns that ass and continues to own that ass. And they entered that game last night on a four-game winning streak. And if you go back, you know, you look since the calendar turned to January, Florida State's played really well. I go back to the post-Lipscomb game, and, I, you know, that it seemed like the season was over. There was no reason to talk about this team. And I'll tell you the reason there was no reason. It wasn't just because they were losing, but it was the way that they were losing. Didn't play real hard. Didn't play real hard. Yeah, they had some guys that were banged up. There were injuries. That matters. But they also just didn't try real hard. And I can't get down with that. I can't talk about you. I can talk about you if you're bad, but you hustle and you work and you do all the things, right? You're doing everything you possibly can to try to win. I can support that. I can look around and say, they just got to get better. They just got to get better players. You know, they're not deep enough. They don't shoot well enough. They can't stay in front of opposing guards. We don't rebound. Whatever it could be, right? Like you can you can look around and you can see all that and you can say, okay, but they, but they are trying. But they weren't really a group that played well together. They didn't, they didn't seem to be a team that liked one another. But it's happened. Whatever it was, I'm not there. I'm not at practice. I don't know what it was besides getting healthy, getting Primo Spears into the rotation, and then, you know, somewhere, somewhere along the way, I, I somehow, some way, I should say, along the way, they, they figured out that playing hard will go a long way. And one of the reasons it does, because they're very, very long, and they're athletic. They're long and athletic. They're getting back to running waves of dudes at you who are also long and athletic. Guys are figuring out their roles. Guys kind of get an understanding that, all right, this is what I'm here to do. I don't have to do more than I'm being asked to do. I just need to do this thing. Bob Miller continues to uh, emerge, and here we go. And it's it's been fun to watch them play this way because now, now not only are you in the midst of this win streak, now we wonder aloud, all of us do, how many more straight can you win? Can you get to a place I was asked last night? I watched this game laying in bed, and uh, I've been doing a lot of that lately. Sorry I've been absent. Believe me, I don't want to be. But most of the time when I've watched things in bed the last couple of days, down for the count, it hasn't been enough to engage me. Not even the Bucks late in the second half dominating Director Matthews' Eagles was enough for me to stay in for all four quarters. Midway through the fourth, once it was obvious that the Bucks were going to win, I fell asleep. But not last night. Last night, the Knowles... Maybe as a sign that I'm getting better, but also that I care to this level, played in a way that kind of, I don't know, they won me over. They won me over again. They've been doing that a lot lately. They've been fun to watch. They're they're flawed. They're not a great team. So teams are going to come back. You'll notice that Florida State gets these leads, right? I think a lot of times they shock teams with, with the, how athletic they are and how long they are. I think it's hard for teams to adjust. And so you're seeing that early in games. Florida State will get a big lead on people. And it's like, oh, Jesus, we're losing badly to Florida State. This team lost at home to Lipscomb. We got to get it together. But then they have to fight like hell to do so. And Florida State doesn't go away anymore. And it'll just lay down. The comeback happens. Teams get back. You know, they're down 16, down 15. Next thing you know, they're within two with the ball. And you're mad and you're yelling at the TV. And you're like, damn it, man. But you just got to know they're flawed that way. They're not great. 
but they're not bad anymore. And they also won't just lay down when things don't go well. They'll fight back. They'll make a play. They'll get a stop. They'll get a big board. They'll hit a big shot, and then bam, there it is, and it happened again. Uh, opponents will come back against this team. Again, that's a testament to a, you know a certain skill deficit. So I wasn't surprised up 53-37 to 37 with 16-54 left that the Canes respond and go on this run, especially when dudes are hitting threes from the parking lot. I mean, that kind of gets a little old, too, where every now and again somebody catches fire, and you're like, well, you know, I can't get mad at you for not defending the half-court line. That dude hit two, and they were terrible shots to take. You know, what, what are you, why are you taking, oh, made it. I see how it's going to be. You're going to make that, are you? It's got to be a bit like in the moment when Steph Curry does that to people. But I'm watching guys, I think, in the moment kind of figure out not just roles, but also, you know, how to play together and have fun. And I think there, I was looking at two numbers here that continue to stand out. Um, I'm, I'm pleased that they no longer have to solely depend on, on Darren Green to play, uh, you know, Tom, 35 minutes a night and make everything. Like, that's what they were before, is that that dude had to hit a gazillion threes for you to be in a game, and now he doesn't have to be the guy. No, what's impressive with what they're doing is, like, I thought the way they came out, Green hits a shot or two, but Worley, with the assists in the first half, they're not just, you know, somebody's wide open, there's a defensive breakdown. It's incredible vision, really good passing, easy baskets because he anticipates he sees the court very well very clearly he had one or two in the second half but that first half was Florida State was asserting itself taking its first lead he was the catalyst to me for that but then you have stretches in a lot of these games the five in a row that Florida State has won in which Cam Corin uh, is a putback machine yeah finishes around the rim Watkins does that I mean hell the dunk lap in transition when Miami kept on coming back and coming back and hitting threes at an astronomical rate, which you kind of knew they were going to do because they shoot 40% as a team and they only hit like two or three in the first half. So you knew that barrage was coming at some point, but that was one of the answers of the night. I still haven't seen it on Twitter, but that is an evil dunk and a big moment and one of the reasons why Miami continued to back down. And one of the things that kind of pissed me off, I thought the, the broadcast crew did a good job of describing this last night, Miami is so thin in its rotation. Six and guys, have, six guys, yeah. Well, and it, when you have an official review every five effing minutes that takes three to five minutes, they're getting a breather because we were running them out of the gym and the rotation was working and you you could see it. We're up two or three possessions with about eight minutes to go, six minutes to go. They don't have any gas left in the tank. But sure, let's make sure that we stay at the uh, at the announcer's table, at the official's table, for five minutes to take five seconds off the clock, which you could take two seconds to fix. Like Things like that last night were frustrating, but this group continued to fight. They persisted. They pulled away. And Miami didn't even decide to play the foul game with about 90 seconds to go. That's uh, That tells me that they took the heart away from Miami again, which was pretty fun to watch. It was a little curious. I mean, I think if I were a Miami fan, if I put myself in the shoes of a Miami fan with its single digits and there's a minute and 40 to play and you're kind of like, nah, go ahead, run all the shot clock, do what you will. I mean, Florida State's terrible from the free throw line. Florida State is awful from the free throw line. Of all the teams that you know, could just let them bounce it out and chill, you foul that team. Foul Florida State. They don't make free throws. What are you doing? That was bizarre. Miami is very good from the free throw line yes. by trade as well. Yeah, sixth best it, in the nation. I, it was strange to me. It's funny that you mentioned, you know, taking shots from the timeline because they did that in the first half too. 
it wasn't just their, yeah. the, the one kid. Like they got three or four different players that are from the Watsko logo, just chucking it up indiscriminately. And there's 20 seconds to go on the shot clock. They that's what they do. It, it's odd to me. Clearly, it's worked for them for the most part this season, but they're in a bit of a light spell. And look, man, I, I don't have any major animosity towards the kid, but it also is kind of nice to see that Matthew Cleveland did absolutely nothing last night. That that felt good too. Well, that's the weird thing about his career. And he, coming into the game, by the way, he was playing pretty well. So I haven't watched him much this year. He's a weird guy. When he's right, he's right. And he's really good. When he's off, he is useless. And he was useless last night. Might as well not have played in the game. He scored two more points than you. He was pitiful. It was glorious to watch. And apparently they had a big ceremony for him and another Florida State Players clapped, and I thought that was good. Good. Yeah, you don't get to defect to Miami and have us like, oh, we miss you. Go to hell, man. Suck it. Be on the wrong end of this loss like the rest of your cane asses on the regular in that backyard. Watsko, they should put a big knoll head right there when we take the court. Ownership. Ownership. Maybe you just put it in the O of Watsko. It's it's the Osceola logo. It's, it's cheap Osceola, right? And then they should do like they should play the Florida State fight song at various points in timeouts while they're taking a long time to review. They should spend a lot of that allowing our band to play, well, or their band band should play our songs to get comfortable. Actually, the other one was more nuts. They go to a media timeout, they come back, and then they're like, "Oh, who is who's the foul on? Yeah, or, yeah. or is this one and one? Is this you had two and a half, three minutes to sort that out, man? I, uh, that was a little sketchy. It reminded me that one time we went up to play Rutgers in the ACC Big Ten. This is probably five, six years ago, and Florida State, I think, ended up winning that basketball game. But it sure felt like the waste management services in Jersey maybe had some action on that thing, and they were putting some pressure on the guys in the building to make sure that it was within a certain margin. It had that weird feel last night. You can figure out who fouls somebody. If there's a clock operator issue, that's kind of one thing, but you can either assess a foul or figure out one and one or two shots over a TV timeout. You don't need to start that process when we come back from break. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm not going to allege conspiracy. I just think it's incompetence in college and pro basketball. I watch a ton of both these days and they can't figure out reviews or clocks anywhere ever. Never. Anywhere. We're a ha- Half the time I watch a game, there's a moment in which I scream and my son says, why do you even watch? I go, I don't know. I don't know. How hard is it to figure it out? They do this all the time. I was watching an NBA game last night. I think it was uh, Mavericks-Lakers. And I'm sitting there, and there, there's a foul. It is They're checking to see if it's a flagrant one or not, which, good God, can we stop with the levels of flagrance and all of this? But it's taking forever. It's a two-second review, but yeah. no no sooner do they finally figure out whether or not they're going to call that a flagrant or not, they're going to figure out the, the shot clock. It's like, God, man, we can't do these things simultaneously. It's well, not hard. Well, that's the thing is, did they all just sit down and have some coffee during the TV timeout, and then they got up, and they walked to the floor, they whistled, all right, guys, let's bring it in. Hey, who was that foul on again? Like, yeah, yeah. How does it start? <laughs> it has to be something similar to that where somebody out of the timeout says, wait, who was that foul on again? Because... I mean, my God, fellas, get it together. All's well that ends well, though. A couple of things, and I'll move on. And in the next segment, we're going to get to some Florida State football. Um, I want to, I want to point something out, though. Again, back to what's this? What, what's the, what's the genesis for this? They are playing. I think it starts with something very simple. There were there. I got to be careful how I say it. 
there was a sense that this group did not like one another early in the season. That there just wasn't any chemistry is a better way to say it, okay? They just didn't they didn't play hard for one another and it was because they just didn't connect. Now I don't again, I don't know what's at the root of why they connect now, but clearly they do. They play hard for one another now. So you start with something very simple. I mean, that's at the root of everything, right? Like, I get, you got to play hard for the guy next to you. Basketball, you know, there aren't that many players. Like, if you've got half the guys who don't care about the other guys, you're going to be in trouble. Like, you, you got to really – defense is about effort. And they play much better defense now. They move. They attempt to get in front of people. They're not great at – when they get beat, they get physically beat. But they don't get beat because they're just standing still. They don't get beat because they're not trying hard, which I, I, can, I can get behind a group that is, again, trying hard. The emergence of Boba Miller, who even when he doesn't score, now affects the game because he efforts. And at that size, if you're going to try to rebound and you're going to try to defend, you can alter a ton of shots. You can change the game. He's playing so much harder and better now. I think part of that is confidence. I want to point out, you brought up Corin. He's playing great. But Bowen is throwing, showing flashes too. There, this, this is a team now, to go with Watkins, that you kind of sense the roles have been defined. And there's a lot of guys that play. And so we can wear you down. And maybe home clock operators are going to intentionally screw things up to give a rest to a six-man rotation. Maybe. But that's because, again, Florida State is playing in a way that's kind of getting back to what you know. This is who they were when they won. This is who they were when they were good. This is the advantage they had for years. Waves of length and effort on the other end. They've had better defensive teams than this, of course. But that has to do with caliber of player. But waves of effort and length. And nobody cares who's scoring. It's a different guy all the time. That's huge for this team. And so now you're sitting in a place where you can be flawed. You cannot shoot well from three, and we don't. You cannot shoot well from the free throw line, and we don't. But you can beat people and affect people other ways. And that's what they do. And, Tom, you know what that leads to. Where the hell is it, everybody? Where is it? Oh, no. Don't tell me. they. Oh, they did. They moved it around on me, Tommy. Here we go. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations, Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Now, you don't care as much about the bell. I can see that lifeless look on your face, Tom. You don't care as much about the bell. You, uh, no. You're ready to move on. I, I was going to say, just make sure to lice all that before you leave. Maybe that's why they try to hide it from you. I'm fine. I wouldn't be in here if I wasn't fine. I sound like ass, but I'm fine. Here you go. I should throw this thing. I'm so excited that they matter again. Good God. It's been a minute. Anyhow. I'm ready to throw this thing because I want to choo-choo, but I will not premature choo-choo. No, no, that's not me. I'm an experienced man. I have control. So what I'm telling you now is that the choo-choo will only happen when it is time. So those of you begging for the choo-choo are not going to get it, certainly not prematurely. 
So for now, just enjoy. Just enjoy the ding ding. That's all we got here. When it's ready to chew, it'll chew. We're not there yet. You guys forget just how down this program and this team was, how buried they were to start the year. That's what you get for now, and then you'll be happy about it. By the way, I capitalized ding ding last night. That I was trying to give you hints. I'm giving you hints. I capitalized. Now maybe we get. I don't know. We could we could maybe graduate to a chugga chugga. Is a chugga chugga between a ding ding and a choo choo? Uh, I think that's uh, that's forcing it. I think that's you're trying to placate the people. I think you should stand firm on the ding ding. James says that I said last night, if we win the next two games, we can choo-choo. I was wrong. I was incoherent and on uh, a lot of drugs. Tom knows. I was coding. Look at this. I'm having to sip water to get through it. I'm about to cough. Whistle. Whistle? Well, we could just, uh, you know, take this puppy to break and allow you to cough for four minutes. I wanted to break properly, and that wouldn't have been it. Anyhow, so what I'm saying is, I will get to the uh, – uh, maybe – I don't know. Chugga Chugga is, is not a choo-choo. You think it's implying a choo-choo? It's the echo of a choo-choo. I think that's – that's uh, Maybe the echo suggests that it's off in the distance. Yeah. That I it's get, approaching. Could. That it's approaching. It feels like you were very disciplined on this matter of ding ding versus choo choo, and then you said, "You know what? Maybe there's this middle ground that we can." No, operate. no, 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 no. They got it. No, the wins, wins. It's about amassing wins. You got to earn it. I mean, they keep winning. They're gonna earn it at some point. Um, you know, just it's off in the distance. It's not. It's not. You know, impossible. Like three games ago, I was like, "Oh, guys, don't do it. Don't even get your hopes up. Stop pretending that this is gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Just." Just enjoy the fact that they're not getting buried every time they play. Just like things are getting better. Now I'm kind of like, all right, all right. Well, now you can actually go into games. Like go into this weekend's game against Clemson with a little get you some. With a little what for. Let's have some energy at the TLC Double C for the first time this year. Have you seen the games at the TLC Double C this year? There's 17 people there. Just old people thinking about the end of their life, scared, it's cold, games are not really all that exciting, folks are just kind of looking around. You know, that we can't have that. This was a place that meant something. So maybe this weekend, this winning has led to the first game this year where people will be here and excited to be here, excited to be there at the TLC Double C. A 4 p.m. tip is a good time. That's really nice. Oh, yeah. You can do whatever you want to do with your day, you can do. If you got things you need to get out of the way to please the family, make sure that they're all set. You've got the morning to do that. Hell, even a little bit into lunchtime if you need it. If you don't, and let's say you wanted mm. to go play 18 and then go have a nice long Seven lunch. Seven degrees, nobody's playing 18, but go ahead. You, it can be done. <laughs> it has been done. If you want to have, I don't know, uh, maybe there's a couple of whiskey bar restaurants very near to the TLC Double C. You have lunch, you go to the whiskey bar, enjoy a couple of those, and then walk into the building. However you want to lay out your day with a 4 p.m. tip, it's right there before you. And you're not going to be out too late either, so you're you're not going to catch some flack on the back end. It should be a very festive atmosphere. I agree with you. I think think this weekend is going to be 
a perfect tip uh, time and celebration and win over a Clemson team that has a higher net ranking than Miami. It's a vital win. If you get it, you keep the streak alive. Momentum continues to roll. Belief continues to build. Good times. Florida State football conversation next. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good to be with you. Thanks for being with us. Uh, really quick, I don't know if you guys have done this, but it'll, it'll warm your heart if you do do it. I think it's a cool thing and a fun thing to do. Because I think we do it when it's, you know, uh, when it's when it's negative, when it's not in our way, when it's not something that goes our way, we do it. So now I'm doing it <clears throat> in a more positive way. And that is... If you go to warchant.com and then you go to uh, the recruiting page. Uh, speaking of which, tonight, Michael Langston, recruiting show, correct, Tom? That is correct. 6 p.m. tonight. 6 p.m. for the live recruiting chat on Warchant TV. It's a good thing. We're doing, we're doing a good job right now. It's going to be exciting. It's a good conversation to have. Recruiting conversations are, you know, a lot more fun when you're kicking ass. And you're in the running for guys, and you're flipping dudes, and you're stealing Alabama commitments. That's that's when it's a lot of fun to do. I love this idea of Alabama getting angrier by the day. I said it yesterday in the brief conversation you and I had, but isn't it fun to watch Alabama have to learn how the other half lives? How you don't just get the pick of the litter? How every guy you want isn't a 70-30 proposition that you're going to get them? Like, for Alabama, for however long, I mean, for a very long time now, too long, way too long, it's been like, picture yourself as a legitimate Alabama fan. First of all, you're spoiled beyond reason. Hey, I'm not mad at you. Whatever. You you got lucky. You got Nick, and it worked out. But you're driving around. This is your This is your life. You're driving around thinking about football. You're thinking about, um, well, you're not thinking about much. You're in Alabama. But you're driving around. And you're thinking about football, and you're thinking about Nick, and you're thinking about how much you love him. And then you hear a name of a five-star kid in high school, and as you drive, you come to the red light and go, we're going to get him too. 
We're going to get him too. And then you call your buddy, and he picks up the phone, and he's like, did you hear about that defensive end? He's a five-star, 6'4", 6'5", long reach, 270 pounds, quick twitch though. Everybody wants him, but we're going to get him. And then your friend goes, we will get him. We will get him. And then you know what? I bet you the day after that, we'll get another announcement that the number one offensive tackle in the country wants to come to Alabama. Yeah, I think that's true. You want to go fishing? And then they hang up, and everybody goes about their day. They get fatter, and they think about taking their fat into that stadium to watch a ton of wins with the best players in the country repeatedly. And then they, somewhere in between getting fatter and fishing and going into that stadium and thinking about winning games, they get news of another recruit that they want, and they're probably going to get him. And then they call that buddy again, and then he calls another buddy, and they have the same conversation. And they go, yeah, we'll get him too. And if we don't, we'll get the one just below him. And now, now, maybe not. Maybe not. And now, the system isn't right. The system is broken. Got to fix the system. And it's fun to watch the rest of us. That is everybody else. Looking around going, oh, you don't like it. Sucks, doesn't it? Sucks. They've decided to declare war on your roster. God's gone. You're effed. You're going to go back to being what you were prior to Nick Saban, which was, you know, every now and then, then and again, every now and again. Kind of mattered here and there. Once in a while. Most of the time, not. You're arguing about DeBose or Shula. You were missing the days of Bear Bryant. I mean, this is this is where we'll this is where we're gonna be. And don't don't not enjoy that, everybody. Let it wash over you every day. Go on their boards and read how angry they are. Listen to the the redneck fury. Listen to the 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 frustration of not getting every single player that you thought you were going to get. Feel the desperation in the air, the false bravado, the pushback, the blowback at anybody and everybody that decides to saunter on into your backyard and just take a player because they feel like it. What do you mean Mike Norvell's here again? Looking at who? What? What is going on? What's wrong with him? Why does he hate us? First he turns down our job, and now he takes our players. Yes, yes, that's exactly what's going to continue to happen. It's glorious. Suck it. Watch as you're powerless. You got a quarterback that can't throw. Receivers decide, I don't want to play with a quarterback that can't throw. At least not one who can't throw accurately. To quote Jimbo Fisher, he can throw at extreme distances. Great distance. A lot of distance. So here's the exercise that's fun. Grab uh, your sheets if you want, or you can just go to the internet. You don't have to print the internet, as they say in the commercial. And uh, you you can just go to the transfer page. Just go to the transfer page. And you see DJU, 
and you just say it out loud and you think about what it means as a bridge quarterback and what he is and what he represents, and then you go, Marvin Jones Jr., I like it. All right. And then you go, oh, my God, there's a linebacker that we stole from Alabama. What? And then you go, and there's an offensive lineman, Terrence Ferguson, that we stole from Alabama. (laughs) That's awesome. And then you go, well, who's next on that list? Malik Benson, a wide receiver that you stole from Alabama. Awesome. And then you go, there's Jalen Brown, wide receiver you took from LSU. And there's Earl Little Jr., a defensive back that you took from Alabama. It's great. And then you go, look at this Williams kid. Look at this running back we took from Alabama. Awesome. See, it's more effective when you do it out loud. And you just say it over and over. Look at that. Where's he from? (laughs) Isn't it great? Do that. Do that today. And then think about perhaps have a little pity in your heart or not. For those poor bastards driving around the backwoods thinking about what their life is now. It's not going to go so free and easy. It's not going to be so smooth. I didn't name all of the transfer portal players, of course, just the gazillion that we've taken from Alabama. But that list of players, some of which are proven, some of which we think will only get better. If you think about the track record and the hit rate that Florida State coaches have, all jokes aside, on transfer portal players, it's better than most. It is certainly better than most. And if you believe that they will give guys opportunities that they may not have had and that they will be developed in the same way that Jared Verse was developed or Kier Thomas or you name your players, there's a, a lot of examples. And you'll see how they developed a Johnny Wilson who had done nothing prior to coming to Florida State. And you'll see, you go through and you look at all these guys and you go, okay, I like our track record. I like the way we develop guys. I like our hit rate in the portal. Now look at the caliber of player and the amount of football they've played and what they were coming out of high school. Man, what you see is an infusion of talent and a raising of the floor of talent that, again, suggests Florida State will take another step forward on the heels of a 13-0 season. But they have to. They have to if they ultimately want to play for and win national championships. They certainly have that opportunity. And you can go back and look through all of it, but I always just kind of start the day thinking about the poor fat ass in Alabama and his frustration. Take a sip of coffee and then read the names. That's a good way to start your day. Some people, I don't know, the affirmations, whatever they do, that's mine. I take a sip of coffee. I think of the fat ass in Alabama who's frustrated, and then I look at the names. And then I hope we sign more kids that Alabama wanted. It's Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. What's good, everybody? It's T. Lizzie here, and I'm talking about HelloFresh. Can you believe it? I'm doing myself a little pod read here for our friends at HelloFresh. They're supporting both Jeff and I here on the podcast, and they want us to let you know about what it is they do and why they can help you with a New Year's resolution. If it's to save money, to eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do any or all three. Just say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price that you'll like delivered right to your door. 
Each HelloFresh box is packed with farm-fresh ingredients, and everything arrives pre-portioned right to your doorstep for less hassle and less wasted food. So here's the cool thing. I have not tried HelloFresh yet, but the box has arrived at my house today. I've got three outstanding meals. I chose the plan of meat and veggies. I'm going with the basics here because I'm kind of a picky eater, so they can work around my pickiness. And the three meals that we're going to be cooking up at my house are sweet chili pork and cabbage stir-fry. All right. Sweet and spicy apricot chicken and pecan-crusted salmon. Very excited to try this out. They've got easy sheets, little placards that come with the menus. They show you how much time it takes to prep, how much time it takes to cook, and the calories involved with each one of the meals. So simple, and I can't wait to give it a shot. If you want to experience what we're about to experience, go to HelloFresh.com slash Cameron Free and use code Cameron Free for free breakfast for life. That's right, one breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That is free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash Cameron Free with code Cameron Free. Okay, so you got to go to the website, HelloFresh.com slash C-A-M-E-R-O-N-F-R-E-E, and then type in that same code at checkout. I'm about to find out, you should find out too, why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio Warchant TV. I would also uh, point to some news, Tom, regarding what the ACC is doing. I found that some of this interesting, and we didn't talk about it because I was sick. So we should probably talk about it now, and I think we'll probably have an opportunity to uh, talk further in this. But uh, the ACC filed an amended complaint adding – if you will, offensive claims against FSU, claims seeking monetary damages. So they're on the offensive, Tom. They're not just sitting back. For breach of contract and injunctive uh, injunctive claims, claims asking the court to stop certain actions. So the ACC's motion to seal was renewed and notes FSU – well, it notes that FSU intends to oppose the motion. So the first big showdown is going to be whether – uh, the ACC gets to keep the agreements confidential within their filings or not. I find that fascinating. It seems like you do that when you're worried that somebody might might see what the agreement is. Seems interesting that you would be that, I don't know, worried about that. It really, it it's strange to me on, on a lot of levels. I mean, you've had a legal expert come on and say that 
in his view, it's weird that you wouldn't have a fully executed copy of the agreement in every one of the member institutions of the ACC when it comes to the grant of rights, you know, not just in the conference side, but the network side, that you'd have to go into a bunker, uh, what's tantamount to a bunker, <laughs> and go get people to read it. And they, you know, they bring it out of a lockbox and then put it before you in plastic wrap, you know, like it, it's. It's very strange to me that that exists and then this also exists. If you believed in your heart of hearts that everything was on the up and up, that the grant of rights was ironclad, you would wave that baby on every single sports news or news channel that would take your airtime. You would just wave it. You say, here it is. Good luck, fellas. Good luck, ladies. Anytime you sit at a conference table and try to read through this, you're going to come to the same conclusion, ironclad. So run up those billable hours on Florida State because everybody's wasting their time. But they don't do that. But they don't do that. They hide things. They file a motion preemptively, file a suit preemptively against Florida State the day before Florida State filed their own. They, they take all of these extra measures that imply fear that imply culpability to some degree. And I don't think they appreciated very much that Florida State outed them for allowing ESPN to have a four-year extension in terms of deciding whether or not they wanted the network itself to be another nine years in existence. Yeah, I don't think they appreciated that very much at all. Yeah, 2025, they have to make that decision about 2027. Right, but they had it was supposed to be executed by 21. Yeah. It was supposed to be decided upon at 21, and they were given an extra four years. Nobody knew that, and I'm telling you, man, if that was fake, if that was a claim that Florida State exaggerated to the point of it being a lie, don't you think it would have been rebuffed by now and totally knocked down and quashed? They haven't said word one about that allegation, which tells me that that's exactly what happened. Yeah, they didn't like it. I think you're right to suggest they didn't like that. They don't like any of this uh, dirty laundry being aired right now, that, that, but this is what happens. This is... This is, I mean, this isn't the same as discovery, but you get the point. Like, more is going to come out. If the longer this goes, much more is going to come out. And I also have said this to many people, and that is that I don't think Florida State would have gone ahead with the lawsuit if they didn't have it um, on good authority that they had a landing spot in one of the two. So I think I think Florida State got what they needed in terms of some assurances, certainly not on paper. And then went ahead knowing they had, at the very least, uh, probably a, a suit that had greater teeth than people expected. Already that's the case. When, even when you talk to people who don't think Florida State's going to win the case if it goes all the way through trial, th those people have said, oh, well, I'm kind of surprised there's some real teeth to this. Like people, I think, thought that Florida State was just full of hot air. Correct. Every tooth in the mouth of this legal beast gets you out of the conference for cheaper. You know, that's the whole thing is, is every, I mean, you want it to be like a shark where you got rows and rows of these puppies and maybe it's not quite that, but I feel like every legal argument that you can make that holds some water or has an individual who's a litigator go, Woo, didn't know Florida state had that much for the ACC that makes the settlement cheaper. I still think it's going to be a settlement at the end of the day. This is something we've talked about since Texas and Oklahoma announced that they were leaving a year early yeah. and they were switching networks and they were doing all of that trading between Michigan and Texas, who gets the home game, and then the settlement for $50 million per school against future earnings. It was, what's the number? That's what this always was about, is what's the number going to be? I suppose there's an outside shot that Florida State could get out of this for free and clear, but I don't even think they 
entered these proceedings with that intent. They're just trying to get out for pennies on the dollar, and they might be able to do it. Yeah, I don't think they suspect that they'll get out scot-free. I agree with that. I think this is meant to bring people to the table. It'll be interesting, though, because anything that is agreed upon, let's say a number, you know, the confidentiality agreement that would have to be signed here in this situation is one that would be, you think that the uh, grant of rights was under lock and key in a way that was bizarre. Imagine that agreement, because that agreement spells the path to freedom for everybody else. And it also speaks to the demise and eventual end of the ACC. Well, the other part of this that, look, I, I love everybody in the fan base uh, dearly because we're all in this together, especially after the snub. Like, you feel a togetherness. But I don't quite go as far, radically speaking, as to say that the ACC and, the ES- and ESPN are in cahoots to screw Florida State. I think if ESPN could dissolve the ACC agreement and save some money and take the best teams and put them in power They, they might. They might, yes. I think that that would be their ultimate intent, but they can't do that because they would get sued. ESPN would get sued. I think that's what they would want. If you ask them in a private moment, can we stop paying Pitt and Wake and Boston College? And what if you just took North Carolina, Clemson, Florida State, and maybe Miami, but you took those brands and you put them in the SEC, would you do it right now? Oh, hell yes. Yeah, you want to hold that massive Southern audience that you have, absolutely. So while I believe that's true, I also think that maybe the – reluctance to share this grant of rights might be coming from the network to a degree, because if this gets broken, then they've got to rewrite and spend all sorts of billable hours on the sec contract on every subsequent contract that they're working on. So I think that there's a fear on the network level that if this gets challenged in court and broken, that nothing is sacred, that it's almost a tantamount to there are unlimited transfers. Well, yeah, you probably speed up the process of the, the, the semi-pro slash two super conferences, we get to the number faster. Is it 48? How many teams are playing big boy football? And where are they? Does Fox or ESPN have them? That's what that does. It just speeds all of that up. Uh, instead of playing this game out a little bit longer, you, you get to a place where you're like, okay, well, okay, anybody can leave any time, apparently. So this is what's going to happen. Well, what's curious to me is I, I get it. The answer is there's a commissioner's office and, and there's centralized um, governorship of the league that they're televising. Like, that's the simple answer. But even with that said, the networks all work together to break up the NFL package and they don't seem to have issues. You don't hear about bickering behind the scenes between Fox and CBS, NBC and ESPN over Thursday night football or who gets the wild card games or the highlight packages or anything along those lines. They seem to work together just fine. They do so as well with golf. I know that's a sport that's got its own issues. You're talking about, you know, early round coverage afternoon versus primetime coverage. Like these networks have worked together before to make this all work together uh, as a big picture for the professional leagues. So I would think that Fox and ESPN, if they're the real puppet masters here, could legitimately sit down in a boardroom and talk this over if they wanted to. It's not such a toxic relationship that college football puts them in a a place where they hate each other in the way the NFL doesn't. I don't think it's like that. Eventually you may get to a place where they feel the impetus to do that. We're not there yet. So for now it's about who has the best assets, which would garner the greater television deal. And obviously the most amount of money. So let them fight that out. 
if they're going to fight that out and it's going to take more than, say, five to seven years, then Florida State can't be here. You know, while that happens, because all the while you're falling further and further and further and behind. And when you eventually enter the race, you're really buried. So that that's kind of what we talked about at, at length. And, I, and it, this will be fascinating each time there's an update on the case and what it means. Every time you read something about what the ACC is doing or what Florida State side is doing, uh, you certainly wonder, OK, well, what does it mean? Well, we're, we're asking attorneys and getting a sense of what that means. And we'll always relay that to you. If it's particularly interesting, we'll talk about it on a, you know, a YouTube video or we'll have a guest on the Jeff Cameron Show, whatever it might be. Uh, to, to answer those questions. Um, but that's kind of where, where I think that, that was yesterday. And I, and I find that fascinating, that uh, the next big showdown is going to be whether or not the ACC gets to keep the agreement confidential within their filings. What if the answer's no to that? Yeah, right. Does that mean that they want to race to a settlement table? Like, is it, what are the details behind the scenes that you're so scared about the world knowing about? That's the simple question, I would say. Like, what are you so afraid of if you're the ACC? That there's going to be gross negligence that comes out in, in the crafting of these documents? That you were bluffing all along? I don't think that that's the case either. No. Because Florida State would have sent a legal team up there and they we'd already be in a different conference if, if the grant of rights didn't have any teeth itself. So what are you hiding then? I do like that they that, that they're mad. <laughs> they're very, very angry. I mean, you don't do what they just did. Like, you know what yesterday was? And another thing. That's what yesterday was. That's you and your wife in a fight at 9 a.m. And the next thing you know, it's 2 p.m. And they've been stewing on something all day and you haven't resolved the debate. And you're going to talk about it over dinner is what you agreed to. But they can't wait because they thought of something else, and as you walk by the kitchen, and I'll tell you something else. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, what are we doing? That was the ACC yesterday. But the thing is, a therapist would say they're yelling at themselves. You know, they're not really yelling at you. <laughs> they're yelling at themselves because who? Can, why are you mad at us for Ugh. sucking? You can't be mad at us for sucking. I just think it's awesome. That's what that, when I read that, I was like, oh, you're still pissed. <laughs> like your ex is going about their day. <laughs> They're like, I'm going to call that son of a bitch right now. <laughs> hey, I got to go. I'm in a meeting. Then I'm meeting Sarah. Have a good one. Click. That's us. <laughs> like, you son of a <laughs> Hour number two coming up. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.